This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And there's lots of things going on at Zupan's. Uh, great deals in the offing. Um, prime ribeye steaks are, you can save $5 a pound right now. Yellow nectarines now in season, save a dollar per uh, dollar a pound, two ninety nine, and also one of the things I was very pleased to see was they're carrying the wild W Y L D products now. So I got, I haven't tried them yet. They're in my refrigerator. A couple of sparkling CBD drinks. There's two for six dollars, so you'll save a dollar twenty five each. And then they also carry the wild gummies at Zupans now. So if you if you got some aches and pains. Now you go to Zupans and you buy your your CBD right there. So uh, I was glad to see that. The other thing that I was glad to hear about was I have a friend who was visiting in Portland this week, and she asked me for dinner ideas. And I said, well, I think if you went to Zupans and did some of those um, take some of the take home items. Um, you'd be pretty happy. And she said it was better than most everything that she's been trying in Portland over the last few weeks. Yeah, their so. uh, meals ready to heat are, are, are really great. We've been talking about those pretty much since the uh, the pandemic set in and people are trying to figure out how to have meals that they weren't cooking themselves. And right. uh, Zupan certainly stepped up for that. Uh, one thing you can also do this summer is it's, uh, it's back, Burgers in the Breezeway. At Lake Oswego, every Thursday through the summer, you can enjoy gourmet burgers as well as great toppings and French fries. And every single week, there is a rotating specialty burger that you can go and get. Now, keep in mind, all of these orders are to go. They're not doing the on-site seating so that uh, uh, we can you know, all enjoy that social distancing. But uh, you can get there, you know, order, get your food, get out of there and uh, enjoy delicious, delicious burgers from Zupan's. You all have nice cars now. Sit in the parking lot and enjoy a burger. Yeah, listening to music. So this is this is the new normal. Mm-hmm. So, so Zupan's three locations: uh, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. And where else, Court? Zupans.com. Welcome back. It's time once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. And I'm Court Johnson from kink.fm, Afternoons on Kink. Uh, We're going to do another best of or classic episode of Right at the Fork going back to February 14th of 2019, Valentine's Day. And very appropriately that we have uh, Doug Adams joined by his then fiance Whitney Burnside of Ten Barrel Brewing. Uh, this was just after Doug Adams had opened up Bullard and was uh, talking about what people could expect, what that whole process was like. But then we got a little preview about uh, the in, you know the ins and outs of Doug's relationship with Whitney, and a lot has changed. She was then his fiance. They are now married, and they've actually got. Uh, a little baby with them now. So uh, this is a look back again to uh, the early days of Bullard, uh, a Portland restaurant that has uh, been able to keep going despite the pandemic. But uh, here we go. It's episode 189, Doug Adams of Bullard featuring Whitney Burnside. 
Right at the Fork is brought to you by Dupan's Markets, inspiring you with the best in food and wine. Local, family-owned Zupan's Markets provides a unique grocery shopping experience for Portland food lovers. Excellent products sourced locally and from around the globe with delicious chef-prepared meals for your convenience on West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Visit Zupan's.com and sign up for your exclusive deals and promotional offers. Do you, uh, do you both get time to spend together during days at all? Well, how is your time together? Uh, almost not. I mean, since the opening of Bullard, we've gotten very little. At night, late, early mornings for coffee when I'm when we when we have time, and then now I'm at I'm at like sometimes one day off a week. So we we saw each other yesterday, which was fun. And are you able to sync that up so that you're off the same? Yeah, it's nice because. The brewery, you kind of just are at the whim of whenever the beer is ready. So it's pretty flexible. Oh, good. Yeah. And you can control that. Yeah. That's your, under it. your control. To some extent. How much, that, much more controlled than, yeah. than the rest That's what I was just going to say. How is everything under control for you at Bullard? Now that you're uh, a new experience for you, little, do you feel pressure? I mean, everybody's been talking about this place for a long time. Yeah, I feel pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, it's pressure that I put on myself and it's a big, it's a big project for my first one. You know, a lot of people open up restaurants and then kind of work up to something this big and I just did it. Um, obviously, but, you, but you've been I've in some pretty big kitchens yeah, totally. with some great people, some, it's, it's a couple a, of mentors along the way. I mean, totally. you know, amazing ones too. You, I might mean, ha- you might have just one of the best resumes in, in Portland now that I think about it. For for a local guy yeah. and, and local experiences. Well, that's what totally. I meant, a Portland, yeah, res- yeah. Portland chef resume. Vitaly and the Dentons and I'm sure Ben Bettinger working. All, all of those were, yeah. were amazing. Um, I just fed Greg and Gabby. For the first time at Bullard, and it was I, uh, I saw that it was an intense, emotional. It was fun, you know. You you spend your whole career kind of working up to it, and then it happens, and it hasn't really felt too real. There's like been flashes of like kind of surreal moments where it's like, holy shit, you know, we're I'm finally here. I did it, and that was one of them, which was fun and scary. I told Greg, I was like, I, you make me more nervous than Karen Brooks. <laughs> Really? <laughs> totally. So what do you think is going to, why, why so nervous? You know you got it. You it's, got to, it's just, I'm a nervous guy to begin with. I mean, there's just a couple, there's different personalities. Some dudes and some ladies can just crush it and not think of it. And I'm always kind of like thinking what I can do better and how can we tighten things up? Like what I can, so it's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. I'm just always constantly looking at things and. I'm like it's not good enough. We we gotta we gotta keep going. Like what what are we doing wrong? What do we got? And there's so much to look at in a project like that that it can be pretty daunting. So what's um, the biggest change you you opened? How long ago? Uh, a little over December fifteenth. So we're about six weeks. Yeah, seven weeks in. Yep. What's the biggest change you've made that you thought, oh man, I thought that was going to be what I should be doing, and I mean it's kind of everything and nothing. I mean there's there's in general, it's it's a whole different ballgame, like being like an owner as opposed to just like the chef. Like I was the chef of Imperial, so I, I took things as far as I could, and then it got to a point where it's like, okay, that's just not, that's out of my control. And now... And you don't have to lose as much sleep. Totally. <laughs> I think, and now, 
um you know with Whitney like this is the first time in my life that I've like had something other than work that seems so it's it's a it's a whole nother ball like I'm just at a whole different point in my life which is fun and intense and special so um is being in love does that make you a better chef is it are totally you, okay. <laughs> I think it's just being like seeing like you know before and it's kind of funny I'm, I'm glad that things took so long because I feel like I'm at a good point in my life to do it where as I left Imperial it was just this like move I, I think that Bullard is a and Abigail Hall they're better businesses at this point in my life than you know two and a half years ago it was all about me that that was my kind of mindset it was like my career my focus my my food and then you get to a point you open a business like so much bigger than that right like, well plus yeah now you've got a team assembled which two and a half years ago it was just a concept totally and that's that's some real i feel so responsible for all the men and women that that are there every day they're like even getting reviewed it feels so much different then it's just not about me it's about like all it means butts and seats for all these people. It means raises for my cooks. It means the busier we are, the more I can pay Ricky, the more I can pay Daniel Bailey and Carlos and all these people that that work so hard. You know, it's my dream and it's named it's so personal to me. But then there's all these people that want it to succeed just as much and you feel so responsible to do well as a business so you can take care of them. And all of a sudden it's like more than a like a, a recipe that I came up hoping that Karen or Michael like it. It's about, I want to be busy <laughs> so, so we can take care of people and I can, I can grow and the people that I have, I can create more for them, whether it's at this spot or another one. So it's a whole nother, much more heavy <laughs> responsibility. So, you, so you're already looking towards um, something else at that uh, road? No. It's not like no. top of mind, but it's a goal. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know. I'm so buried in this one. I couldn't. I couldn't even tell you. But yeah, it's just about like it's it's a very real responsibility when you look at all these people and you're like, okay, how do I how do I take all these people that have absolutely fucking killed it for me and keep them? How can I grow? Uh, I'm like Ricky. Ricky's been with me for I mean like seven, eight years, and I've been lucky enough that I've always had something to keep him going and and i want to watch him grow and expand so you you start to think about like all these well i can't do that if there's no butts and seats right right i can't i can't even well we've heard this before this the story it's really interesting you're not that you were two years ago you weren't thinking about this because as you said it's all about you but when i first met john gorham a long time ago when he first opened tasty and sons said what was this all about and he said it was basically just to put people so I can have people grow their careers right. with us and not leave necessarily. It's, it's one of the the huge, I think it's probably the best thing about the industry is like watching a guy like Ricky crush it, right? Like reviews are fun and they're good and it, it's it's great for the ego to know that what you're cooking people dig and, mm-hmm. and you see that in the dining room but truly like watching and I kind of saw that in Greg and Gabby's eyes when they came in. It's like it's fun to see someone who you spent so much time on like grow into something new so I think it's the it's like the not the hidden gem of the industry but it's it's the absolute best part. Well we I think we touched on this last time you were here, but and we played the clip, I believe, but 
when Greg Denton was on the podcast and we asked him about you because you uh, and he cited that exact same thing that it was one of the most gratifying things that Good. he could imagine was your growth. Do you remember that? Yeah, you, I do. I do, yeah, of it course. Was, it was really cool. So that was important to him. So how much are you uh, bringing home at night to Whitney that she didn't sign up for? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you know you were in for this? I, I figured that it might come up. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. So no, just much. Curious. So, you know, you you both, um, how long have you been seeing one another? And then when did you get engaged to be married? Uh, we got engaged in August. Congratulations, by Thank the way, officially. You. I think I wished you that somewhere you along did. the way. You did. Thanks. And um, I don't know. When did we? Um. Oh, like fall, I, fall of. So you know, I, I'm going to correct myself because she had to know what she was getting. You were this project was looming, so I think I don't. I don't think she really truly knew. I totally didn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I I was like prepared, trying to prepare myself for it. I'm like, oh, here it comes. Gotta just like hold on tight. Here we go. And then no, nothing can really prepare you for it. But it's been it's been amazing seeing like everything happening. So are you do you ask for suggestions? Um, and do you do you bounce things off of Whitney? Totally. And and vice versa for beer. But she's Whitney um, enjoyed. You know she worked for some for some great chefs in Seattle before she did. She worked for a. She worked with Eduardo Jordan, uh, June Baby, and Solari in Seattle. So she she is much more qualified to help me with food stuff than I am with beer stuff. <laughs> my 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 scope on help with beer goes. I like this, <laughs> oh, and she's like, "Why?" And I'm like, "I, I don't know." <laughs> I'm, the same, I'm the same way. I like what I like. You like what you like. <laughs> and it's it's super fun learning. But yeah, she has a great palate, especially when it comes to like herb notes and. She has a very delicate palate, and I'm like the opposite. So sometimes it's great to have her feedback because I'm just like big, big flavors, smoke, more grill, more char, and she sees things. Yeah, but a- he's learning a lot about beer. I mean, don't you think you've come a long way? <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, you have he's, to learn. He's now picking up IPAs and turning I, them away, saying, "Oh, this has so much allium." I didn't realize yeah. that my like favorite beer was a porter until. <laughs> I was in love. Well, were, you, were you drinking much, m- many porters before? No, I just tonight? always, I always kind of categorized them with like, you know, imperial stouts and like bourbon. Right. And then That's you, and then you, you have one, and you're like, oh, this is super light. It's really it's, good. It's the, one of the one of the most uh, delightful things is to be presented, and I, this happens with for me like with beets. You know, I'm not a big beet lover, but when they, when you love them, I just had a great beet salad the other night. It's fun. It's really nice, and it's nice to change your perception instead of always thinking the same things. I want to point out, and we probably will have done this in the introduction, but we're all very curious about Whitney and Ten Barrel Brewing, and we're gonna you're gonna be back on the podcast in about a month with yeah. Molly Real from KPTV. Yeah. So we're doing our women. We're doing our women interviewing women series for International Women's Month. Awesome. And you're the first one booked. Well, you're not really, but we haven't. We don't have the date yet for the recording. But cool. So if anybody's listening now, um, this that will happen. Yeah, that will happen. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot. We should probably just have Doug in here. No, we can't. It's women interviewing women. We're we're not allowed. (laughs) All right. Um, but uh, so how do you um. are you happy with where Bullard is, or is it every day you've got to be unhappy to make it better? 
No, it's not. I, I am happy, man. I, I sincerely think I got the best opening team in town from front of the house to my business partner, Jen, and all my managers. How did you meet Jen? Because I, I... Jen, I met... Um, so she she had been on the Woodlark Project for, for years, um, kind of headhunting chefs for it. And we, for some reason, my name came up. And I think it was... I was at Imperial, but like word around town was that I was like, you know, sniffing for something else. I was meeting with Kurt and... It's a small. That, that's t- it's Kurt a, Huffman, so people know. It's a it's a small town. Things get around real fast. Yeah. And me and Jen had coffee, and we talked about the building. And I had been, I was, I was a pretty dumb kid at the time. Well, I probably still am, but I was smart enough to know that I needed like some serious help. When you look at a, a project this big, it would have been total like suicide to try and do it all on your own. So the more that me and her. And I mean, her resume is amazing with Multnomah Whiskey Library and Riffle and everything that she did in New York. And the more we kind of got to talking, the more I was like, man, you could, you should, you should do this with me. And then we just kind of hit it off and we've enjoyed a lot of time working on it. And it's great to have that support as a chef that the number one, you know, advice I would give to young guys, like find somebody that believes in you but not enough that they won't steer you in the right direction when you need it. And that will protect you creatively. You know, it's a, it's a great thing when somebody will fight for you that will look at you and be like, nobody's ever going to tell you what to cook. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. This, this day in Portland, it's not the same city where you can have a dream and get a great spot in a location that will do well. It's your, there's a lot of meetings with accountants. You are, you're the embodiment of how Portland has changed. I, I, really? I could see so, that. So when you think about it, you know, for years, you've, a lot of chefs were with, without a huge investment opening something. I mean, it's what I heard from, and I've mentioned this before, Ethan Stoll up in Seattle. He was always jealous of Portland because... It was easy. Yeah, they didn't have the financial pressure. You can open what you want and be creative, and if it doesn't work, it's not the end of the... You can change tracks. Now... All of a sudden, you're an expensive space over there. It's and hard. There's a lot of pressure on you, and um, you know, there's, there's, you can't be, you have to be creative to to do great things. But on the other hand, there's that balance sheet, and it can be dangerous that you you might need to, you know, meet once a week with a bunch of people that are telling you what they think you should do if you have a slow week or if you have a slow month. So, And that's not what tough. you really it's got not. into the business to do. It's, it's absolutely not. <laughs> and, and so while you were talking a minute ago about your team and adjusting and so forth, could you have seen yourself when you were recruited for Top Chef having that discussion and talking about uh, the issues that you're dealing with now? And Because I, it seems to me that you've... Even in the two years since we were here on the podcast, you've you've learned a lot. You've matured. You had to have. Well, and it's it's funny as a as a chef, I've learned like about life. I didn't have. I didn't really. You. I started to realize that like I didn't really have a life. You know, you have work, and then you have, you know, beers with friends and sleep and rest and like getting the chance to, kind of step away from it and like meet Whitney and realize like there's so much more. Then, then the industry and it's a tough industry for that, and I love it, and I'm it's it's addicting, and I I'm I'm back in it now. But getting just a little bit of different perspective will do a lot. It's if you're, and I mean, I, obviously, I was very fortunate to do to do so. 
Um, I'm I'm lucky in, in that respect, but even just falling in love and having that like, okay, I'm gonna leave. I don't care. <laughs> you go see my wife. Like tomorrow's gonna be fine. Today's gonna be fine. Don't burn the restaurant down. Prep lists are done. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gonna leave the restaurant? Yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. you had to leave each other. In the no, morning. no, 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 no. Having having that like line, you know, in the sand that I'm still learning. I mean, and she's she reminds me constantly of it. And then it's so hard on a day off to like pull. I mean, yesterday we were hanging out and we were at Hot Yai eating, and she sees me like just she can just tell in my eyes when I'm like drifting. She's like, "Come back." <laughs> <laughs> It's tough. Um, do you um, look at him? Look at the way he's looking at you. You didn't see that. <laughs> he's he really wants to know what you're thinking right now. What do you have to say about that? I don't know. What were we talking about? He was talking about how it's tough and how no, love makes it, it a little more difficult. And yeah. um, you know, it's not when you fell in love. Things have changed even since then. wasn't wasn't long ago. Yeah, um, it's it's all about finding a balance. I mean, we're still trying to find it. But I'm all embarrassed. Do you, no, no. Do you, do you have discussions about the balance, or are you? Uh, like, is it like? Yes. Is there a business of love that you have to say, okay, let's let's collect this? Sorry, do, do we have a fan? No, court? I just can... this happens. <laughs> I, I blush. Thank you. You blush easily. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, we just you know, try different try different things and just I mean just being together and hanging out is just well all I can say is I see you I think I've seen you once together that wasn't on Facebook and that's maybe a couple of times but you both look really happy but that's Facebook and I know you're happy I can see it in your your eyes and your hearts right now and um, how did you meet sometimes you know I think it'd be a really fun thing to have people in soundproof booth and ask Whitney how she how you met oh, and really describe funny. it and then have Doug come out you should we do that yeah do you want to walk outside and not listen to this response and then have sure. you describe it okay I think that'd be fun that would be fun okay so I'm where can get court where can Doug just stand right there can like stand right there it'll be awkward but it's okay. all right are you okay with that yeah. no no I, okay no no I don't want you to hear it oh, okay oh my gosh <laughs> quick it's only going to be two minutes okay 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 um, so we met, um, at, I think it was at, uh, Taqueria Nueve on Sandy. Um, it was some sort of Pono Brewing event. There's Eric in the middle of everything. Yeah, I know. He's everywhere. Hi, Eric. <laughs> um, so he was doing something with, of course, with food and chefs making tacos and Doug was one of them. And at the time I didn't know, I didn't know Doug. I didn't know really, I didn't follow Top Chef or anything and um but it's funny because on instagram maybe like a month before um i was uh just scrolling through and i was uh going i saw that my friend Kier jensen some sort of like she posted something or whatever and i saw a picture of doug i didn't know who he was but i was like oh he's really attractive he's really cute and so i messaged her and i said put me in touch with this guy whoever he is and she didn't respond and that was that. It's typical of, a sh- of someone in the food yeah, industry. Yeah, so I show up at Taqueria Nueve with my friend um, who uh, actually was there to see some guy there. And um, and I had eaten an edible, so I was pretty stoned. And um, I, was, <laughs> I was standing outside. I remember standing outside, and it was just me and my friend, and I turned around 
and Doug was there, and I was that was the first time I like saw his face since the since Instagram. I was like, oh, that's that guy. But of course, I'm stoned, so I'm like, kind of just like kind of freaked out. So I looked at him, and then I turned away, and then I looked again, and then I turned away, and then he finally, because he was noticing this, and he finally reached out his hand. He's like, hi, I'm Doug, and I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> and he he likes to say that I I introduced myself my full name and said that I was that I made beer for a living but that is not that is not how Well happened. here we here is how long until your first date from there Well he skipped out pretty early that night because he um apparently had I, tied one on Oh okay so, I would think he would have had to compose himself if beautiful woman <laughs> came like that you. came over and introduced herself So I I had to message him on I found him on Instagram message him like where did you go like we were hitting it off. We need to, you know, what's going on? Or what did I say? You can't just, you know, we just met and you already ghosted me. That's what I said. Wow. But we went on a date the next week. Nice. Yeah. And it went from there. You've never been on a there. date with anybody else since. No. Good. Yeah. Good for you too. Okay. Okay. Let's get Doug All right. In here. <laughs> okay, Doug. How was it? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say one comment on what you said. You're a lucky man. Oh yeah, you're that, a very that, lucky man. That that much I know. So go ahead. How did you meet? Let's. Uh, so I was asked to do a. I was asked to be a judge for a cocktail shandy, shandy right? That's a beer cocktail competition with Tommy Habits and Meatballs Mama Carrie Young, and and Tommy's a good buddy of mine, and we uh, we tried a lot of cocktails and we got pretty buzzed, and then we smoked a joint. Got more buzz, and then had some more cocktails. Got more buzz, and I was, I was pretty, I was pretty lit. And um, it was afterwards, and I'm like eating some food. It was at uh, Takier Nueve, and Benny Bettinger was doing some food, and me and Benny were shooting the bull. And he was like, "There's a blonde across the room, like staring, <laughs> like holes in you." And he was like, <laughs> "He was like play," and he knew. And you know, Benny's like my big brother, and he was like, "Are you good?" you got this right now? And I was like, totally, totally. And I like turn around and I see this, like the, the shortest person in the room other than me, like looking at me. And I was like, damn, she's super, super hot. <laughs> and he's like, all right. I know he's like coaching me through it. Cause he knows I'm kind of drunk. And I went over and talked to her and I think I like put my arm around her and asked her if she wanted to get a drink. And I think Benny was like, Oh, <laughs> shaking his head. And then we had an exchange and I went over and Benny was like, Dude, you gotta roll. He's like, get her number and and roll because you're gonna you're gonna blow it. Mm-hmm. And he knows me too. And like, once I'm at the point, I'm at the point. He's like, you're, you're totally gonna blow it. And I think that I we chatted for a minute, and I think that I thought that I did something really stupid. So I was like, abort, abort, abort. So I just like piled into an Uber, and then on my way home, she shot me a message. Yeah, he left me. Well, I didn't. Yeah, leave, I didn't I was, leave you. I was going to point out that he never got your number. I know. Well, I didn't. maybe I don't know if you did. I don't. I I definitely don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, Whitney said she had to find your Instagram yeah, to send you a message. So then she wouldn't. You wouldn't have gotten her number because she probably would have left thinking yeah. he's he might then, call me. I I do want to say I believe it was on our second date. I told her that I was going to marry her. Oh, I was going to ask she, that. And she was like, that's super creepy. I was I like, did. well, just give it some time. Oh, so you didn't say. <laughs> so you didn't say yes right off the bat. No. 
No, she didn't. And I, even, and I even took her to Han Oak. I mean, that's it. That's, that's pretty impressive. That, that impressive. doesn't seal a deal. They're, everybody in Portland will know how important <laughs> that is. Yeah. So, uh, and then where were you? How did the how did the proposition take place? Um. Oh, and I asked her. Yeah. We were. We spent a lot of time fly fishing. Proposal. Together. I'm sorry. It's really yeah. the word is proposal. Um. We were fly fishing on the Deschutes River in Maupin, and like I that's had, so you. And her. You've, yeah. It is you. Now, it's you too? Yeah. No, but it was you then? Uh, that, you then, were just, yeah. 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 And so I, I had the ring and I was like waiting for her. And I, I asked her to go did fishing you, with Did me. you kneel in the river and get like like shoulder deep in water? No. <laughs> but it was close. So it was... Uh, it was was it was I think it was a really hot day in the summer. Yeah, and she knew that the fishing was going to be bad, so she was like skeptical because I was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to go fishing," and she was like, "It's supposed to be like 105 degrees, and there's no trout bite." And, and it I was, was like, after Come I on. got off work. Come He's on, like, let's go. It's going to be it's fun. Four o'clock. It's okay. going to be it's going to be fun. So we got all the way out there, and the fishing sucked. And well, that's the nice thing about Oregon in the summer, man. You can leave hot. at four or five, sure. well, but also you can leave and still totally. up till ten yeah. o'clock. You're good. So it was like the last hole of the day. She was like ready to go, and I was like, "Let's go to one more." And then we went down. As luck would have it, was I, it the time that I said, "Don't talk to me"? He, something no. like, yeah, you got you were pretty heated. Um, <laughs> and she, our, I, she often gets mad at me when we fish because I kind of cast in her water sometimes because you know, like we're on one side of the river. And oh, I, you're not you're not sharing water in the first year. <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, I, I cast it over her line, and we got tangled up. And she was like ready to punch me in the nose, and I walked over and did it. He, he grabbed my rod, and I was like, still all heated. And then he was calming me down and saying such sweet things to me. <laughs> and I'm like, why? And I'm like, oh, oh no, oh no, is this really happening? And then I was feeling like an idiot and embarrassed because I was just so upset so about it. Was, was this your first real spat? Oh no! And we were. It wasn't a spat. Oh, it wasn't a spat. Oh. She, I we do this get, every time. I, I always get yelled at a little bit. When yeah. We, oh. when we go fishing. It's. <laughs> is it just fishing? Maybe you're going to stop fishing after a while. And it's all in. in it's all. In, right? It's yeah. all in fun. Yeah. Good. Yeah. There was one. <laughs> should I tell him? Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> there was one time where he's just like showing off. I mean, just pulling him out of the water, Mister Roper. And uh, and I just was getting skunked, not catching anything. And I'm, and at this point, I'm just really upset. I'm upset that I'm not catching anything. He's catching them all. And so don't judge me for what I'm about to tell you. Because, again, no it's ju- all out this of love. No judgment zone. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to do one more hole. And he's like, we're walking down. And he wants to help me because he's just so nice. And he's very patient with me. Uh, and I said, all right, well, when we get down there, don't say a fucking word. <laughs> she like whispered it in this like really menacing. I'm like, come on, like, come on, there's one more hole. It's going to be great. And she goes, okay. And then she kind of leaned in. And she was like, when we get down there, don't say a fucking word. Did you catch one on the last hole? I did. You did? Yeah, thanks to you. So you're, uh, you're, better, you're better at fishing now. She's good. I'm, yeah, I, I'm fishing now because She's good. of him. Yeah. And you don't need him. You could do it by yourself. I, I did, in fact. Yeah, wow. I went a couple times. You know, she goes out fishing with uh, Nora Antony, uh Andrew Mace's mm-hmm. wife, and she's the pastry chef of Tusk and Ava Jeans. So we we all go out, and now they're now they're fishing buddies. Yeah, nice. She's what else do you, What else do you like to do? Is that the the default 
activity when you both have time off you're going fishing i guess so far right yeah yeah sure and what about what about uh and whitney where you you grew up in washington yeah in issaquah issaquah mm-hmm. so where do you so do you both like to go to texas and or Seattle and Montana. Do you we know? we've been we've been to all all four of those, but we spent a, we like to go up in Washington quite a bit. Yeah, we've yeah. we had a great weekend in Winthrop, mm-hmm. which is way up north, and yeah, yeah. My parents live on Whidbey Island, so, so we go there nice. quite a bit. We head up there. Fantastic. Yeah. So, um, what uh, what do you foresee in the uh, foreseeable future at at Bullard? And what kind of things can people expect? Um, let's talk about Bullard a little bit. Not so okay. much what's in the future, but there are probably a lot of people who haven't been there yet. Totally. What do they expect? Let's hear it. You know, it's it's really, it's pretty straightforward, simple food. Um, we do a lot of, a lot of large format stuff. Um, it's been kind of a wild ride getting the team's head wrapped around it. Because, you know, we, we start things early in the morning and you got that shot to get it right for dinner. So it's it's been a fun process of getting the sous chefs wrapped. You know, it's like, you know how intense you are when you're at 7.30 and you're watching the cook cook the $60 ribeyes? It's like, it's kind of like that all day at Bullard because the chicken's going at one time and the pork bellies go in and the beef ribs. And if we screw it up, it's kind of like owning a steakhouse and walking out to the dining room and being like, all steaks are midwell. <laughs> so there's that that pressure, but... Um, there's a lot of meat. There's a lot of meat at Bullard. How much, uh, and how much goes into making sure that, because that, to me, that's a big thing. If a place that specializes in meat can't get my steak. Totally. Rare to medium rare. Totally. How much, how much of your heart and soul goes into all of that? A hundred, a hundred percent all day. Like I think I'm so proud of, I think the chicken at Bullard is, is phenomenal. I think that the beef rib is getting all the attention and it's great. And I've done those for quite a while. The chicken I think is, is special. Um, we, it's like a 48, 48 hour dry cure. So salted, which is not easy to keep up with when you're doing lunch and dinner and we're, we're moving through. I'm, I'm attempting to build another walk-in because of all the protein that we're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, but the birds are salted and then we, we rub it down with a wet marinade of fish sauce and guajillo chili paste and orange juice and lime juice and garlic. And then we slow smoke them to about 48 degrees. Just, I mean, pretty rare. And then we, for service, we, we broil them super, super hot and the skin gets really, really crispy. I'm a, I'm a big fan. It's, it's a sol- it's solid. And we do the half bird and full bird. And I love people downtown coming, being able to come in and just get a full chicken dinner and flour tortillas, which we spent way too much time on. So how many people will that, with everything that you're serving, that full bird serve? Oh, four. Easy. Four easy. Easy. Nice. Yeah. So, but it's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's hard. It's my first one. So there's so much to learn, like the pricing and all that. You know, I was, I had a lot of help from, from Vito at Imperial. So now it's just... It's a it's a it's a huge learning curve, but I think we're I the goal always at Bullard is to be better every day, and we're human beings, and the the pressure. It's my biggest fear is that when people have so much time to hype it up, you're inevitably disappointed when you come in and you're like, it's still just 
that's food, a, right? Yeah, so that that's that's got, a lot of you've pressure. A lot of hype. So it is, and that's why that's why people don't want their Michelin stars anymore because they just don't want the <laughs> expectations to be. And I'm not saying that everybody doesn't want them, but some restaurants have given them up so that people will just come in and have a good time. And it's you know I, I asked for it when I when I did Top Chef. I didn't really understand what I was getting myself into. And at a certain point, I don't think I really truly understood what I was getting myself into when I signed on for this one. But I think that's just life. That's probably good. It is, and and it's it's kind of funny. It's like I had no point in this process did did I ever want it to go on this long. <laughs> and in hindsight, it did. And I think the best thing to do is just to roll with it. But I think genuinely, people, it's it's really hard to gauge too. And this is my first one. I bet. Guys like Gorham and, and Rucker are very good at, after a couple of restaurants, like really reading, it's it's sometimes hard to see through the the, shows, the social media love. And I feel like you you have kind of a honeymoon when you first open up and people are just stoked to be there and you, you're just constantly tasting your stuff and questioning and really looking at consistency. I think in a, in a city like Portland where everybody loves one another, that's got to be very difficult because no matter what, you're gonna no one's going to want to hurt your feelings. So and then, and say, then you get that. Oh, re- this is the best. And then you get that review, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, what, what the, I'm sure that's happened because everybody's hearing from their friends. Of course. So, so I think we just try and take a really hard look at ourselves every day, and and truly try and find things that we can be better at. And um, I'm I'm really happy with the way the proteins are being cooked and smoked in the restaurant. There's always room to get better, and the menu needs to grow. Um, you know, we'll be way more in a in a city like Portland now, you know, vegetables. I'm it, you always want to like make sure you have enough vegetables and stuff, but I want to stay true to myself. And at the end of the day, I just want a menu that I want to eat everything on the menu every single day. I think that's really all we can do. And it's a, and the menu's pretty unique. You don't see that menu looking a menu that looks like that in Portland. And I will say by the way, speaking of vegetables, your soup was absolutely delicious oh, good. that Thank I had. You. It was Thank really you. good. So that's not your... I came in and it was a little late for lunch, so and I wanted something light and that's what was there. It good. Was, well, I'm glad. It's not what you, anybody's expecting to be the only thing that you have <laughs> at Bullard. Um, how does it feel um, to be across the street from Rosa Rosa? Good. I mean, he he's he's downtown, you know, and I think that Portland is so small. I mean, I'm, I'm four blocks away from Imperial. That so. too, but I'm just... I guess I'm asking from the standpoint that, you know, years ago you walked into Paley's place pretty green. Totally. And, uh, and you were the young guy, and he, he cited on the podcast, too, who had drive like nobody else and um, there to please and there to, and there to grow. <laughs> I think he and called here, me a sponge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and now I, I thought about it when I was in Rosa Rosa with Vitaly and said, so how do you, I just asked him how he's really proud of you and but oh, totally. it's got to be pretty cool that you it know is. to look back and you you didn't know where you were going and, in those days and one thing that I can say about Vito and I think that the scene in Portland is there's it's not one of competition I think he always he always used to say all the time the more the merrier right the more so it's it's great I'm super glad that that one something's there and and extremely happy that it's him because um, I know how they roll, and I think that the the busier a couple blocks can be, the better everybody everybody wins. And I think you look at Mississippi or Division or these little pops in neighborhoods, and it's it's just great. So it's it's 
It's fantastic. And your neighborhood's going to change a lot in the next year with that's, that food cart pod. That's, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. Oh, it's still a rumor. It's not actually happening I, yet. I mean, I'm not in, I'm, I don't run with the, with the oh, circle not, that would. You're not the major the, investor the, in, the, uh, that, in that, the project? Um, I've, I've heard that though. And I think construction will be a, will be a bitch and it's probably karma for me that, that I'll deal with that. Cause I think the Woodlock building put a strain on, on everyone. I'm, I'd be super bummed. I, I love that out our windows you can see the food cart pod, and it's like this big open space. So it'll 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 be a bummer, but you can't really stop progress, right? But it's, be, but that's again. I'm talking about you're a, a relatively young guy opening up a restaurant in this new financial world of Portland. I mean, everything's changed. Totally. That's also that's that is also part of it. That food cart. Pod across oh, the way. That when, that, when news of that happened, everybody say, "Well, geez, what created the ambiance and the character of neighborhoods is what they're taking out." And then there'll be probably one or two of those food carts occupying brick and mortar spaces in that, yep. and, then, and then someone else, some big group, will come in and take another one. You know, it's funny. Every about once a week, someone in my dining room, I'll I'll be talking to. I love to touch tables. I love to to go out and. I, my kitchen's totally open, and I love to like you know get feedback. I love feedback in in any shape or form. I like even craving. negative. You're okay with you got to because I have found that there are some some restaurant owners and chefs who are perfectly fine with positive feedback, but they don't want to. I that's how we get better. And I mean, I think that you know when I look back at like Top Chef, like learning how to take that. The people who did well in the competition were people who could take feedback. And listen, right? But, but and, those were all learn. professionals giving you feedback. Those are industry people giving you feedback. How do you feel about feedback from bring it from people like me who don't, you know, aren't I, restaurant well, I professionals? Well, I think you're 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 a professional, and, and not really. I, I, I mean, think I'm that, a professional eater. But, and then you know, I think that we can get too caught up in. I I think it's more important to get feedback from my normal guests than than name and I mean, you know, you. And I love, I love one of my favorite people to feed in the world is Gary. Because after Gary has Gary the foodie. Gary the foodie. Gary after Gary has dinner at Bullard, I'll write him a message and I'll be like, give it to me. And he'll just let me have it. And it's great to know where any, and it's, you've got to learn how to like take it not so, per, it's, it's good for the business. I love to hear the things. Well, his feedback is one of the, you, it's got to be fantastic because he's eating all over the world. So, so, but he, but he also he also comes in. You know, the dude likes Domino's too. Yeah. Like he he's, oh, he's a, been he's been here talking about his favorite thing at McDonald's. No one's ever done that. But I think it's so important. If you build a wall, then you're you're in trouble, right? Like it's not. And when I look at my food, it's not. I mean, I'm not Michelin star. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not Jose Chase. I'm not showing like these crazy techniques. Or I just want to cook food that like people want to eat. And I have a very kind of you know i like i like a plate of chicken and flour tortillas so i think that I'm, i really am we're cooking for those folks so that's who i want to hear from and so those folks at the woodlark what what what's the mix of clientele that's local versus coming from out of town i would i bet my my managers would have a better i'm still pretty pretty head down but i think it's it seems like a good mix right now and I but I still think we're in the honeymoon you know like I'd be in a year I think I'll probably have a better grasp of of who my audience is but we are seeing a lot of people who live downtown come in which makes me so happy because I think it's uh 
it it's it is a neighborhood no mm-hmm. matter it's a it's a very different neighborhood than most in portland's but it is and there's a ton of people who live there that should have a great spot to get a burger and a piece of chicken kind of like what me and whitney crave and you know st john's you you have your little spots so it's super fun to to kind of to to try and and build it to something that you could have that clientele that comes in for a great a great plate of food where are your favorite places in St. John's? You know, realizing this podcast is so big that once you mention them, no one's ever going to be able to get in again. <laughs> no, just... Um, where, where do we like to eat in St. John's? Oh, man. Uh, well, we love that cart. The... Um, the sushi cart? No, but we like that, too. There's so many good places. What cart? The, um, oh, Coyote? Yeah. It's um on Pheasant there's Rose City Taqueria that's good, and then there's a, a little cart that has fucking. Am- oh, I almost said the A word, but I'm not. You already gonna- said it. You already blew it once, oh. so or did I, I didn't call it? it to your attention. I think I blew it too. I don't think so. I don't know. I, do. I wouldn't notice if you did. I'm just, I'm just oh. <laughs> really good fish tacos. Really good. Like, and, and what's really it like- called? What's it called? Uh, El Coyote. Mm-hmm. And we like, um, we like uh, the Fish Wife. Fishwife is I great been there on in a Lombard. Long time, yeah, it's fucking good. good. We love Dubs, but they we close. We love Domino's. I, I hear you the dubs. do love Domino's. Yeah. She loves Domino's. No, I can't see. We love Domino's. <laughs> Doug Adams loves the, Domino's. Wait a minute, with all the good pizza in town, <laughs> you would you would go to Domino's? Well, I mean, when you're in St. John's. You're you're a truck away from anyone who's going to deliver. Dude, or are you going to spend sixty bucks? Lives in Manzanita and also lives in Southwest. <laughs> we, so I'm we, not really feeling sorry for you. We totally and, and dig. Court, li- Court lives out in Tiger too. So we totally dig ranch pizza. Yeah, we're, we're big into that mm-hmm. right now. Um, we love. There's a little tiny Two podcasts spot. in a row that's been mentioned. Ranch pizza. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. The the number four. Is which one is that? Is that that's the, ricotta? the sausage and ricotta. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's really good. We yeah. like the pepperoni too. There's a we probably eat at this little hole in the wall called Drunken Noodle the most though on Lombard. It's yeah. good. It's good. It's Just easy. We, it's like two blocks away from us. Yeah. Nice. So, um, uh, do you foresee? Have you talked about family planning or that sort of thing? And if you don't want to answer that, that's fine. I don't want to put you on the spot. We've we've talked about it. I, I think that we're both equally excited to. When you, yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to do anything and everything with her, and that sounds so fun. That's part of it. It sounds. Oh, really it sounds exciting. so fun, Court. Do you want to chime in? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I, kidding. I, I, obviously, it's it's hard, but Court looks happy. Oh no, let me tell you something. If you're in love, it's it's awesome. It's like the it's the you know it is the consummate way of expressing your love, and so and it would be a beautiful child. Or they would be beautiful children. They not will be. The, they will be yeah. beautiful children. Tall. <laughs> Tall. Wouldn't that be funny? Well, do you want? Have you ever seen a picture of my son who I kind of try to keep out of all of this? So I've I'm, seen. I'm five eight. Do you know how tall he is? How, how tall? Six six. See, my my biggest so fear funny. is having like a super tall, like jockey son that I'd have to. Like what's punish. up, Dad? <laughs> punish what's when up? he's a junior no, in high school. Can, I'll give you. Yeah. I can give you the the whole rundown of that. When all of a sudden <laughs> they're becoming taller than you are, and they're still in their teenage wise ass years, and now they're taller, and they're looking down on you, and uh, that's a, that's a fun experience. I think my my dad is a is a pretty short guy. My brother is is taller mm-hmm. for for my family, but my dad just had like the scary 
I mean, I think that even if I was like two feet taller than my dad, he still would have scared the absolute shit out of me. Yeah. When I was a kid, it's like well, that's that, good. that look and that demeanor. I, I can tell Court has it. I'm just, no, I, the way you're describing this, because I outgrew my dad in seventh grade, but there was just this presence about my dad. You just, Scary. you don't, you don't do shit around dad. Yeah. You'd, so uh, that's what you got to establish. Now I'm starting to feel like that I didn't have that presence. I got to go back. <laughs> and uh, there's, I did. There's, no, there's, no. I'm, sure, I'm sure you did, but well, I, I took my daughters out to dinner the other night with a bunch of friends and like it was getting a little chaotic and I just, I, I shot a look at my, my 11 year old and she like. And I was like, oh, sweet. There it is. There it is. I've arrived. It's the dad look. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, that's no, a lot. To, think... That's a, It's hard to envision right now when you're both taking, uh, you have big projects. And how long have you been doing what you're doing at 10 Barrel? Uh, I've been there since um, breaking ground. So it's four and a half years now. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah. And if you asked me how long ago that was, again, I would have said two years. Everything is I, always double. I know. I know. So, and I, you know, I wasn't there, but I remember hearing about it. So are you tempted, do you, um, you have to have some sort do you have a business relationship? So you're serving 10 barrel at Bullard. Am I bringing up something that? No. Yeah. Whitney, go ahead. Uh, I, I make Doug a beer, a special, um, Bullard only beer. It's a uh, traditional Bach, like a Shiner Bach. Lager. Is it something that he had to like or just something that you thought would be great for the restaurant? Uh, he, what was the criteria? I said, I should make you a beer. And he's like, yeah, something like a, like a Shinerbach. I'm like, done. And I made the first, you know, first go around and it just stuck. Didn't change the recipe. It's, our, it's our, by far our highest selling beer at, at Bullard. And it is so good. Do you think that's because people feel they're going to taste the love? Maybe. It's also just... It is, you know, it's you a. You should put per- that on the menu. There's not a, and she could speak way more to this than me, but I feel like in most restaurants you go to, you'll see a lot of the same stuff. You'll see Breakside IPA, you'll see Freem Pills or Heater Allen Pills, you'll see the Boneyard. Was the Boneyard Red? Is that see. because they're just superior marketing? I think it becomes. So many breweries, so. I think that there's some convenience too. You know, if it's a good price and it's distributors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but I don't think that when it comes to truly like pairing, I, I don't think that, uh, a big IPA would go well with anything in Bullard, like on the level that like a lighter multi-year Bach does that, that right, she, you don't see, you, you don't wouldn't see. have said this three or four years ago, right? You wouldn't no, have been discussing that. Not no. at all. No. So there's some education involved. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. I'm sorry. I cut you off. And you don't see, you don't see that style. You don't see traditional Bach. Um, anywhere you don't see anyone doing it so well you might see people doing it now it's good yeah after they hear how it goes, good great. It is it over goes there. great with the chicken and the beef rib mm-hmm. all right so i have to ask because we're running short on time i must ask what the wedding plans are when are you what's the date and what kind of wedding is it going to be what beer are you serving september 28th oh it's not it's not too far not too far right. i know it's scary me that you just said that and um, we're, well, we're, it's also a long I know, way out. I know, I, mean, I know. We're, It'll come really quickly. And it's yeah. a super fun, uh, legendary spot where um, we're getting hitched at the Steamboat Inn on the Umpqua. Oh, I've which, never been there, but I've heard so many oh, good no. things about it. Tons. I remember coming up under Vitali. Him and Philippe would go cook there every year. And we. I did a dinner with uh, Carl Hole from uh, Spetzel and Speck and Park Avenue out there. And we, Jen went and Whitney went. And we just thought it was awesome, so we 
we inquired and we got it. I paired beer out there with your food. Uh huh. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I walked in and I was like, "This is it." This so is we're gonna spot. bring a bunch of folks down there and some beer and some wine. Camping. And where's your honeymoon gonna take place? Or is that gonna be your Argentina? Uh, oh, don't cry for me. <laughs> yeah, we're thinking Argentina to go fish and eat, do eat beef. Eat beef and. <laughs> That is fantastic. How yeah. long are you going to take there? I don't know. You said 10 days-ish? Ish. Ish. We, we still, we got to, <laughs> I don't want my team to start getting nervous now. <laughs> Ricky Bella listening to this. What am I going to do? Um, he would be fine. Ricky could. We're taking 10 days. We're taking 10 days. 10 days it is. Plus, plus, there you go. Big decisions made here on uh, on this podcast. So um, thank you both for taking the time to come. We know you're busy. This is kind of a backhanded way of you coming, Doug, because um, we invited Whitney and then we had this International Women's Month and Molly had mentioned that she would love to interview Whitney. And so subsequently you had said you'd come in and have some fun with Whitney here. So you always, became the, the guy. Appreciate I love, it. I love this podcast. I'm always... Always happy to be here. I appreciate it. It's it's our pleasure. Um, so thanks very much, and thanks for Thank all you, so you have in front of you. And we're looking forward. I can't wait to hear your interview. And it will be. It might be the first one where I'm not even involved. Oh wow! So all the ladies. All the ladies. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be cool. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I have one more question I want to inter- insert there that wouldn't have been appropriate after talking about your wedding. Um, but I just, and if you don't feel like talking about it, I just wanted to ask you about, you were mentioning uh, how much you were drinking when you met and how much you were smoking. And then recently, uh, Karen Brooks just came out with a, a very interesting article about the culture in Portland and uh, sobriety. And just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Your buddy Gregory, man, that guy, from where he came to where he is now, it's, it's it, it, there's nothing more amazing. And if any, I said it. Because it does, that deserves it. That deserves that word. If anybody hasn't looked up, we've had him on the podcast. You can listen to that. But also there are a lot of interviews with him and stories about him. Look up Gregory Gorday and see where he's come. Your thoughts on, on, on think, sobriety and the culture. Everybody's getting a little older now, right? And you're getting married and you're thinking about it's, it. It's a, it's a topic that me and Whitney discuss um, often. It's, it's, it's really hard. And with all the pressure, sometimes you just... So I'm, it's something that I'm working on on a daily basis with Whitney's help um, pushing me in the right direction. It's, it's absolutely a thing. And if I didn't, I would make Whitney unhappy, which is not an option. So we're, we're, we're working through it on a daily basis. I didn't, I was not pointing the finger at you. I was just, oh, no, I was I'm actually a, trying to get the, your thoughts on, I'm, that's just on my, what's going on out there. And I, and I thought of me because it's something that I'm, that I'm act, that I'm working on. And it's, it's, it's not hard. easy either. It, it isn't. And, but you know, I, I equate opening up a restaurant as kind of like being bipolar. There's these extreme highs and extreme lows that can go from day to day. And you have these little victories that make you want to go celebrate that aren't really like truly victories. And then you have these low points where you feel like you need to do the same thing. So it's, it's great trying to find some balance. And at the end of the day, I'll always choose her um but i think it's it's amazing that it's being talked about in the industry and i think the best thing that we can do is set a good example and those dudes are gregory sets an amazing example i cooked with gregory on a cruise ship 
in the middle of the Caribbean. And I remember thinking like, why, why would you ever agree to come here? Cause you're just, you're stuck. And, the, and there's, a bar, run too far. there's a bar around every corner and you're right. getting like bombarded with drunk people. And I remember like thinking how what a strong dude, like, you know, that's so I, I applaud them leading and the Gabriel, Gabriel too, man. Totally. Yeah. And in the right direction. And I think that there's always that for Gabriel, I think that there was probably so much pressure of people being like, oh, is he going to lose his rock star image? And I think he got better. And yeah, he's maturing. And it's, it's amazing. But you know that there people say dumb stuff in this industry and you, you worry about dumb. And I'm not putting words in his mouth or anything like that. But you know that he had that awesome rock star image. And I think he reinvented himself in an even better, stronger way that's, that's doing even more for people. So. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I think so too. And I'm glad Karen wrote that article. It was amazingly well written too. It was well written. And she said, you know, she's a great one to write it. And, um, and it's great that it's out there. And it, again, it's, it's also a function of a lot of you guys are all growing up and you can't live the frat life forever. No, you so, cannot. Um, and it's good to hear that you, you've got a wonderful influence in your life. So look forward to, uh, following this love story it's interesting <laughs> and, and, and these careers too as well thank you very much thanks Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com right